supernatural strength when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, you need the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to withstand the enemy's attacks. You need the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to live your everyday life. You need the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to know how to parent your kids in this climate of our culture. You need supernatural strength to walk in obedience to all of God's commands. You need supernatural strength to love your wife the way Jesus commands you to love your wife. You need supernatural strength to go to work in the environment that you work in. You need supernatural strength to hold and overcome and beat down the enemy's tactics and his advances and his temptations in your life. You need supernatural strength. Jesus needed this same supernatural strength. I don't know if you realize this or not, but when Jesus left heaven to be born into a manger, he laid aside all of his God powers. Scripture tells us that he laid aside his divinity. In other words, all of his power that came with being a part of the God, being God in himself, he laid those completely aside and he came to earth in the form of a man. He lived, talked, ate, drank, slept, went to the restroom like a human being, fully man, which means he had gas really bad, like all men do, right? Like it's just a part of being human. He left all of his God stuff to live his life as a man. And he needed help to live his life on mission with what God sent him to do. How did Jesus live his life on mission? You want to know? He was filled with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, how do you know that? Well, Luke chapter 4 tells us. In Luke chapter 4, actually it's in Luke chapter 3, Jesus comes to the waters and he says, Hey, John, I need you to baptize me. And the Bible says Jesus got in the water, he got baptized, and immediately when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down like in the form of a dove, and it rested on Jesus. It was like the form of a dove. It didn't say that the Holy Spirit is a dove. It's just like the form of a dove. Best description they could come up with. It was like the form of a dove. Came rested. Then, that's at the very end of Luke chapter 3. In the very beginning of Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says this. That Jesus was led by the Spirit and was filled with the Spirit. It actually says in reverse or Jesus being filled with the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he walked through 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. And then you pick it up in Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself did all of the miracles, signs, and wonders and avoided the temptation in his life as a man who was filled, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Which is why Jesus could look at his disciples and says, hey, all of these things that you've seen me do, you can do those same things and greater. Because I'm going to send you somebody. Because y'all need help. We're going to call him the helper the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to fill you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he's going to give you power from on high. Why? Because you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be led by the Spirit. And you need to walk in the power of the Spirit. 
Why? Jesus needed it, and so do you. If you're going to live on mission, if you're going to avoid the temptation of the enemy, and if you're going to overcome the devil's attacks that are coming at your life, you need to be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus healed the blind man and he spit on the ground, that wasn't God-powered spit. That was human spit. But he was led to do it by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit showed up. Why? Because supernatural strength comes from the Holy Spirit. In your life, you need help. You need help to overcome the temptations that you're facing. You need help to close the doors where the enemy wants you to open them. You need help to not succumb to anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and lack. You need, you need help. I need help. And the Holy Spirit is the help that we need to overcome the enemy's attacks in our life. Supernatural strength to stand against the enemy comes when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and it increases when we pray in the Spirit. I want to spend a few minutes talking about the importance of praying in the Spirit. What is it and why every believer needs to do it? What is it and why every believer needs to do it? Supernatural strength increases when we stand against the enemy increasingly as we pray in the Spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. This has kind of been our hinge verse. We've kind of looked at Ephesians 6 every week in this series. It says this, Ephesians 6, starting on verse 10, says, Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord. Why? Because even a strong man can be overcome by the strong attack of the enemy. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full, everybody say full. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then it goes on to list all of the necessary components of the armor to help you withstand the enemy's attacks. It tells you how you need the helmet of salvation. Why a helmet of salvation? Because it protected your brain. It protected your mind. Salvation protects your mind. Salvation is the very thing you need to change your mindset to. See, when your mind is protected by the salvation of Jesus, shame, condemnation, fear, and guilt has no room in your real estate of your brain because you've been saved by Jesus. And so that helmet protects you when, when enemy starts to use negative thoughts, you're like, no, 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 I've been saved, son. You best back up. You don't, you don't get to that. That thought doesn't, it just bing bounces right off that hard hat. Why? Because you're protected in your mind by the salvation of Jesus. And then he says, I'm going to give you the breastplate of righteousness. It's this shiny thing that covers all of the vital organs of your, of your part of who you are, your heart, your lungs, all of it protected. Why? What's protected by? Protected and clothed in righteousness. In other words, when it also had this emblem that identified you. And so when they would look at you, they would see what side you were on. And when you have the righteousness of God covering your life, the enemy looks and says, oh, I know what side that person's on. They're not standing in their own works and righteousness and good effort. They're standing in the righteousness of who Jesus is. They've been clothed in the righteousness from on high. That's a righteous man of God. That's a righteous daughter of the king. And so it clothes and it protects our heart. 
heart and our heart helps stay alive and fresh because we know who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And it moves in our hearts. And that is tying off and held into place with truth because truth is the belt that you wear. It cinches up and helps you stand tall and strong. It becomes this belt that you wear. It is central. Truth is central to tie together everything that you need to do in your life to advance and to move forward against the enemy's attacks. And not only that, but you've got these awesome cleated boots that you're wearing that help you grip in the ground and take your stand in peace, not wave and move and not double-minded and tossed to and fro. No, you're walking and you're standing in the peace of God, knowing that the peace of God really is the presence of God in your life. You're standing on the word. You're standing on Jesus. You're standing in a place that cannot be, will not be shaken and moved. And that gives you peace. It doesn't matter of the battle that rages, you're standing in peace. Am I helping anybody yet? I don't know if I am. I'm going to keep on going. I don't need to take a breath just yet. You can stand in peace. And then he gives you something awesome called the sword of the spirit, which we know is the word of God. Because when you use the word, when you speak the word, when you declare the word, when you pray the word, enemy has to move. It cuts some things down in your life. It cuts down the enemy that you're facing. The word of God has a, has an opportunity to destroy the person that the enemy, the attack that's coming your way, the business that you've been feeling attacked by or, or in your business where you, when you start speaking the word of God over your business, that it prospers, that he's bringing the right people and you start speaking, what are you doing? You're doing damage to the enemy as he's trying to advance in your life. And he gives us the word of God, but he also gives us this massive shield. It's not like some small little Captain America looking uh, tin plate. I mean, I'm talking about a strong shield of faith with which you can take and quench. But if you don't take it, it ain't quenching. And you've got to lift up the shield for it to quench the enemies. When you lift up praise to Jesus, faith grows in your heart. When you lift up praise, it extinguishes the enemy's advances and attacks. When you lift up that shield of faith, you are worshiping and praising and declaring that God who is for me ain't nobody going to be against me. You lift up like Scotch guard, that shield of faith, and it quenches and it withstands and it holds back the enemy's advances, his lies, his, his tactics, his, his, his whispers and his temptation and his advances, that faith that lifts up as you worship God. You've got the word of God represented in the armor of God. You've got worship represented in the armor of God. If only there was a verse about prayer being a part of the armor of God. Oh, wait. There is. Ephesians 6, verse 18, and... Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Tying two thoughts together, one thought over here. Here's all. First, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full. In other words, don't miss any component to the word of God. Don't go out and fight naked. Make sure you got all your pieces together. Put them all on. Put on the whole armor of God, blah, 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 blah. And pray in the spirit. On all occasions. I mean, don't just do it when you know you're in a battle, son. You best be praying in the spirit every day. When you're driving to work and you're not even in the battle yet, you best be praying. And not just praying any prayer. You need to be praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. 
praying in the spirit. What do you mean, pastor, by praying in the spirit? Are you talking about, are you, are you saying, pastor, that we need to pray in tongues? Yup. That's the Acts 2 business. When Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit shows up. And what happened when the Holy Spirit showed up? They all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit filled them and gave them the utterance with which to speak. Take up the whole armor of God because you've got to stand strong. But a strong man alone can't stand because he'll get overtaken and his armor will be stripped away, Jesus said. I wonder what he was talking about. I wonder if... if Paul had any idea that Jesus said that when he wrote about the armor and to pray in the spirit. Because it's not enough to empty yourself of the enemy's attack. It's not enough to empty yourself of the demonic influence that's been latched onto your life. You need to not only empty yourself, but fill yourself. And when you fill yourself with the Holy Spirit... He gives you what you need to stay strong and stay filled up to advance against the enemy's attacks. You need to pray in the spirit. You need to pray in the spirit. Let let me ask you a question. Does God want you to be defeated in your life? No. And if God doesn't want you to be defeated in your life, and he's writing entire sections of scripture through the Apostle Paul as he pens this, to help us overcome the enemy, and he doesn't want us to be defeated, do you then think that God made a mistake when he said you need to pray in the Spirit as a part of your armor and victory over the enemy? Do you think God made a mistake? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. See, when you pray in the Spirit, You are strengthening yourself. You are strengthening your very spirit and inner being to withstand the enemy's attacks. Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Some of you have been walking around in your life, loving God, serving God, worshiping God, but completely weak to the enemy's attacks. Why? Because you have not allowed yourself to be filled with the Spirit, and you are missing a component of your faith to accomplish the mission that God has you on. And you get into the moment with Jesus, and you're worshiping, and you walk away from church, and you feel strong. You feel healthy. Why? Because you've got a healthy dose of the Spirit of God when you walk into this room. But you walk out, and come Thursday morning, it's all gone. If only there was a way that you could build yourself back up. If only there was another way that you could encourage, strengthen, and become strong in your spirit to withstand the enemy so that you could have this supernatural strength that no matter the strength of the enemy's attack, no matter the strength of the temptation when you're sitting at your computer all by yourself and your wife ain't around, when you're standing there, if only there was a way to be strong in yourself so that you could overcome and say no to that next drink, so you could say no to the hatred that's rising up in your own heart, so you could say no and forgive somebody else, so you could say no and avoid the gossip. So you could say no and avoid the fear. If only you had that available to you. And friends, you do. When you pray in the spirit, it builds you up. It strengthens your spirit. Jude 1 verse 20 tells us, Romans eight fourteen tells us this, for those who are led 
by the Spirit of God. They are children of God. The Spirit you received, in other words, when you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit moved into your life. He's in there. He's in a spot in your life. He's there. Holy Spirit's already in you if you said yes to Jesus. He just wants to fill you. He just wants to increase in you. He just wants to fill up all of the other empty spaces of all the other things that were hanging out in your life, but you've kicked out recently. He just wants to fill into those spaces. He wants to fill you. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Oh, there's that enemy's a tactic again. So you don't live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Come on, we are sons and daughters of God because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And by him, we can cry out, Abba, Father. So the spirit of God that lives in you, that makes it even possible for you to refer to God as your father. That's what he's talking about. Verse 26, in the same way, same way as what? Same way the Spirit of God is in you, giving you the ability to cry out, Abba, Father. That same Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Because you got some weak spots. And I got some weak spots. And where we're weak, the enemy wants to come in with a strong force. He helps us in our weakness. So we don't know what we ought. Here's our weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray for. Ever been there? I got this situation. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what the will of God is. I don't know if I should pray this way, this way, or this way. I'm not sure what to pray. I I know I got a friend. They're walking through some things, but I don't know how to pray for them. What should I be praying In our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray for. The Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. What is he talking about? He's talking about speaking in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language that is birthed by the Spirit in you, available to every believer who would ask for it. That Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you're going to receive this power when the Holy Spirit shows up. And then the Holy Spirit showed up and all the disciples started speaking in other tongues. It doesn't make sense to your human language, but it's a language of the Spirit to God in these wordless sounds like groans because we can't articulate. I can't tell it. Is that a, did he say dad, dad? Did he say mom? I don't know what word that was. That was just like some grunting, groaning that I heard coming from that guy's mouth. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit is interceding for God's people. Check this out. In accordance with the will of God. When you don't know what to pray and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you begin to exercise the heavenly language that the Holy Spirit wants to make available to you and you begin to pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you are praying the perfect exact will of God for that situation and every other situation around. Man, what a supernatural strength we've got in the Holy Spirit. That he would fill us, that he would release a language that would allow us to pray perfect prayers according to God's will. You know why some of our our English prayers that we pray to God don't get answered? You want to know why? Because we're not praying according to God's will. But there's a cheat code. That you can type out, up, up, right, right, A, B, left, right, whatever it is. That every time you start praying, you're praying God's perfect will. It's called praying in the Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up. 
you build up your faith. You build up the spirit of God on the inside of you. Listen, friends, I pray in my prayer language all the time. And I'm not that weird. I want you to be filled with the spirit. And I want you to learn to pray in the spirit all the time. Because you have decisions that you need to make. You have emotions that get involved with your decision process and they run high in moments and you're not sure how to react and you need the Spirit of God to help you. Some of us get confused at times. We get too passionate about things that we don't need to be passionate about. We pursue the wrong things. We get tempted. And sometimes we run into problems that we can't solve on our own. And a lot of them are personal problems, problem with other people. And we don't know how to solve the problem. We don't know how to get through to them. We don't know how the situation is going to change. But when you start praying in the Spirit... You start praying God's perfect will and the Holy Spirit starts arranging and doing and moving and he builds you up and he strengthens you so that you can withstand. Listen, 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 friends. The spirit of God is in you when you said yes to Jesus. You just need to allow him to have full access to fill you and release the grace of this heavenly language in your life. Some of you have a smartphone, but all you do on it is call and text message. There are so many more features in your phone than you even know how to use. Friends, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has so many more features in your life than just getting you to heaven and teaching you truth. And so often we reduce the Holy Spirit to just getting us to heaven and teaching us truth. Oh, there's so much more the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. There's so much more he can do in you. He wants to help you not only Get free, but stay free from the bondage of the enemy. He wants to build you up in a way and release something in you so that you can stand strong, putting on the full armor of God and praying in the spirit. There is a missing component to your uh, armor of God, friends. And I'm telling you, it's praying in the spirit. It's praying in the spirit. Well, pastor... I heard that when Holy Spirit does it, he only does it for a few people. That some people have the gift and other people don't have the gift. Yeah. And Chuck Norris told God he could turn on the lights in the world. Yeah, but pastor, I heard that like if you start speaking in tongues, like isn't the Holy Spirit like while I'm walking the aisles of Walmart coming down, grabbing my tongue and making you la 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 out in public. And I mean, I, that's going to be embarrassing. I don't want the Holy Spirit to do that. Yeah. That's as true as the whole as Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. No. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 at the end of the chapter that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you yourself have the ability to begin speaking or to stop speaking. Which also means that you have the ability to release the gift or diminish the gift. The same spirit lives in you. That lives in me. Some of you are at a place where you just need to learn a little bit more about walking with the Holy Spirit. This week, you can go to the Central Hub, and on the Central Hub, you can look at today's sermon notes and go back and listen to this message and take your own notes. And at the bottom of that of those message notes, every week we have a reading plan. This week, there's a reading plan that we recommend that you would begin reading. The reading plan is uh, how to have spirit help, not self-help. 
so that you can overcome the enemy's tactics so that you can be strong in the Lord. There's also a Spotify playlist that you can go and listen to the worship songs that we sing. It's right there. You just click play. It'll start, take you right to Spotify. You start listening to some worship. Why? Because you need to get the word in you. You need to get worship in you. But some of you need to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to give you a prayer language so that you can put on the full armor of God and pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you get stronger than the enemy. And the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who asks. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were all filled. Not just the 12 apostles. There was over 70 people. There was a bunch of people there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and all had the ability to speak in their heavenly language. Jesus himself talks about it. Luke chapter 11. You're still in Luke. And we're going to come to a point of prayer here in just a second. Luke 11 verse 9. This is Jesus talking. Jesus talking. It's not me. It's not the apostle Paul. Jesus, who is truth, says these words. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Most of us stop right there. And we're like, I'm going to go pray for a new car. I'm going to pray for my family to change. I'm going to pray for my my boss to not drop dead, but to, you know, get a wake up call. I'm going to go pray and I'm going to ask and I'm going to seek and I'm going to knock and God's going to answer because he says right there, that's not what he's talking about here. Keep reading. That's true. God hears your prayer. But that's not what he's talking about. He goes on. So if you ask, you will receive. Verse 11, which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about every time in scripture, you see snakes, scorpion, beasts of the fields, birds of the air. It's a, a metaphor for demonic activity. Which of you would ask for, your son would ask for this and you'd, you'd give him a demon. Why, why is he talking about it? You want to know why he's talking about it? Because today, one of the prevailing lies that the enemy has spread about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is that it's demonic. And Jesus addresses it. What are you talking about? He, hasn't talk, he just said we could ask stuff, Pastor. He didn't say nothing about the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. And if he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. Verse 13. If you then, though you are kind of evil in your own right, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Holy Spirit's not evil. Speaking in tongues is not demonic. It's a gift from your Father because He doesn't want you destroyed by the enemy. Stand strong in the Lord and the power of his spiritual might. Put on the whole armor of God and pray in the spirit. You need supernatural strength. You need to pray in the spirit. Will you stand with me? 
not going to take a long time. We're not going to call anybody to the front and lay hands on you and spotlight stuff. Nope, nope. Because the Bible doesn't say he who comes down front gets anointed with oil and has other people speaking in tongues over them gets the Holy Spirit. It's not what Scripture says. Scripture says anyone who asks receives. All we got to do is ask. All we got to do is ask. So here in just a minute, Greg's going to start singing a song kind of quiet in the background behind me. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to lead you in a prayer. And you can pray it right along with us. If that's not something that you're interested in right now, you want to learn more, you want to grow more, it's all new. I've kind of just blown your mind today. That's okay. Just hang right there with us and enjoy this moment in God's presence. But we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Then I'm going to ask you, after we say amen to that prayer, I'm going to say, now let's begin to worship God with our own words. In other words, just start telling God. You may not need to sing the song. Just begin to tell God how much you love him. Why? Because the language of the spirit is a language of praise and it is also a language of prayer. So we're just going to start our mouth moving by praising God. God's not going to come down and make your tongue start jiggling. Ain't going to happen. If you're waiting for him to move your mouth, he won't. Why? Because God believes in self-control. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he doesn't force his way on anyone. But you can begin to praise God with your own mouth. And as you begin to praise God, you're having a moment with Jesus because this prayer language, it is not for the public. This is a personal language for you and Jesus. So we're going to praise God. You're going to hear me. We're going to start just singing songs, singing worship, telling the Lord how much we love him. Eyes are closed. If you want to raise your hands, you'll do that. And as that's happening, you're going to, in your mind, start to hear these utterances, these phrases. These sounds, it's going to sound like gibberish. It's not going to make sense to you because it's not supposed to be for you. This isn't a language for you and you. It's a language for you and God. I want to invite you, when you start thinking and you you think you're hearing something, sounds like baby jitterish and utter, just begin to quietly, loud enough so that you can hear it, begin to say those out. Might just be one foul sound. Might just be one, one little, just begin right there where you're at to make those sounds, make those utterance. That's your prayer language that the Holy Spirit is, has given to you and you are making a choice to begin and to release. And we're going to all, you're going to hear me doing it on the microphones. all going to be okay. If you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, take this moment and say, Holy Spirit, fill me fresh, right? And when we begin to pray, you just right there, you don't need to draw attention to yourself, but you can begin to pray in the Spirit as well. And we're just going to take a minute and ask Jesus to fill us. Because if we don't ask, we don't. But if we ask, we receive. Would you just lift your hands toward heaven if you're comfortable with it? Close your eyes. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to me. Like Jesus, I need help. So send me the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Jesus, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Thank you that when we ask, we receive. So Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit in its fullness right now. Jesus, we ask that you would help us to release our prayer language as well. 
in this moment. We love you, Lord. Come on, begin to worship the Lord right there with your own mouth. Just begin to tell God, God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Go ahead, you right there. Begin to tell God. Begin to worship God. You begin with your own mouth. Begin to sing. If you just want to worship the Lord with a song, feel free. You go right ahead. But those of you that want to be filled to the fullness of the Spirit, you begin with your own words. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Now, just by a quick quick show of hands, how many of you prayed that prayer to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Would you put your hands in the air? Awesome. Look around. Look around. Because we're giving testimony today. This, you're living. You asked to be filled. Awesome. 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 Go put your hands down. If you didn't have a release of your prayer language today, were you still filled with the Holy Spirit? Why? Because everybody who asks, what happens? Receives. Most of the time, the block and the thing, and some of you may have gotten... You prayed in the spirit, maybe for the very first time, and that's amazing. May have just sounded like baby chip, may have just been a little phrase. Keep using it, keep exercising that, and it will only grow and increase. When I first received my prayer language, it was only like a couple phrases. It's grown as you use it. It grows, it grows, it grows. It builds you up every time. If you didn't, don't you dare let the enemy try and whisper to you and tell you you didn't get filled with the spirit. That's a lot. What I want you to do is this week, today even, go home. Get alone. Nobody else around because it can feel just awkward sometimes. You just close the door. You turn up some worship music and you start worshiping God. And you say, Jesus, I I want you to fill me with your spirit. And I want to pray in my prayer language. I want to pray in the spirit right now. And you just make a decision to do it. It's going to sound like gym. I'm telling you, it's not going to make sense. It's not supposed to. But begin to do it. Begin to do it. And when you do, you'll begin to see and experience your spirit filled up again. Let me pray over you and then I'll dismiss you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you did. Holy Spirit, seal your work in our hearts. Lord, we thank you that all who asked received. And Lord, we know that this is a language that's not necessarily for public demonstration where we just draw attention to ourselves. But Lord, this is something that you've given to us, a grace you've given to every believer who's asked for it so that we can have communion and fellowship with you. So Jesus, this week, may we meet with you. May we worship you. May we praise you, Lord. And may we pray in the spirit, building up our faith, standing strong, against the enemy's schemes. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.